After playing Central Michigan too close for comfort in the first half, Mel Tucker and the Michigan State Spartans took over the game and dominated the second half, winning in East Lansing by a score of 31-7, which, when you think about it, does not come to mind as a dominant score. But if you watched the game after Central Michigan marched down with two face mask penalties against Michigan State's defense and an impressive few passes from Burt Emanuel Jr., one of which was a touchdown to Chris Parker, and Central Michigan took a four-point lead, and the score was 7-3, to Chippewas, Michigan State won on a 28-zip scoring run, which involved physical runs by Nathan Carter and Jalen Berger, but more importantly, touchdown catches by Tyrell Henry, Malik Carr, and also young player freshman Jaron Glover having 75 receiving yards, and Noah Kim making a few big throws, throwing at the end of the day for well over 200 yards after mightily struggling in the first half. This was a tale of two halves, truly. My initial scoring prediction for this game was Michigan State 52, Central Michigan 7, and I expected Michigan State to play the way they did in the second half of this game for three quarters, if not for all four quarters, and they didn't. The Spartans were dead for the first 20 minutes of this entire football game. However, the game is the game, and my prediction still stands proven as wrong because we don't know if Michigan State is going to continue this routine of starting out dead on offense for the first quarter or two quarters of a football game, or more likely than not, but again, we still don't know, this might be kickoff jitters, where this is the first game of the season, new quarterback, new starting running back. I was glad to see that the staff recognized Nathan Carter's potential. He got the majority of the rushing carries in the football game and also got the initial snap at running back. Carter had 18 carries for 113 yards, averaged 6.3 yards per carry, had one rushing touchdown, and a long run of 31. He also had 21 receiving yards on a screen pass where he broke a tackle or so on one reception. So Nathan Carter getting close to 150 total yards on the day, I think Hands down, he's a much better running back than Jalen Berger. This is something that I want to get out of the way really early. Jalen Berger could not see a gaping hole in an opposing defense, even if the gaping hole was a mile wide. Nathan Carter is not only the far superior running back, but he's the running back who Michigan State needs to lean on with the type of offensive line they have, especially the type of offensive line that performed against Central Michigan. I know Nick Samak was injured, wasn't at full capacity. I don't even think he played in the game, and that obviously hurt the interior of the offensive line, and you saw that as Central Michigan got penetration. But also, Jay Johnson, once again, some of those fourth down run calls were extremely questionable, and Nathan Carter is going to be the type of running back that could make a little bit of magic happen to convert some of those busted fourth down plays, Jalen Berger is a up and down the field type of running back. If there's a gaping hole, he'll make use of it. 
if you're in a power situation and you're confident in your offensive line, his bigger body will allow you to convert maybe a third and short or maybe even a fourth and short if you're just that confident in your offensive line. However, he clearly in my mind is running back number two. Nathan Carter is obviously running back number one. I said that from the beginning of the preseason. Jalen Berger, him being the starting running back last year, was a huge part of the reason why the run game sucked. Obviously, Jay Johnson, I almost said Michigan cornerback Will Johnson, that's my bad. But Michigan State offensive coordinator Jay Johnson, obviously being the main problem in Michigan State's run game. In fact, there were times in this game in the first half where I thought that maybe Will Johnson could have called better plays than Jay Johnson did. Um, uh, The coordinator of the game or the assistant coach of the game for me would be Scotty Hazleton if we were to give out such an award. This Michigan State defense, and again, it's only week one, like I said, for my Nebraska-Minnesota reaction, and in other instances I will continue to say this, I want a larger sample size before making big declarations and predictions. From what we can tell, I think that Michigan State's defense is much better than last year. It started out rough when it came to defending the run. Burt Emanuel Jr., um, Miles Bailey, B.J. Harris, and some of the running backs there were able to break off a few big chunks and burn clock early on. At one point, Central Michigan had over 15 minutes of time of possession in the second quarter, but Michigan State's rush defense and the defense as a whole, including the secondary, I was proud of Michigan State's perimeter play, came alive in the second half. There's a lot to be optimistic about. There also are obviously concerns about this game, but all in all, a 31-7 victory against a Central Michigan team that clearly brought their A game. And now Michigan State will face an easier opponent in Richmond when they have more experience at all the positions where they have new players. I think means Michigan State will improve in the Richmond game. And there, they'll get to experiment with Kaden Hauser more, get Noah Kim more reps, Nathan Carter more reps, and hopefully Nick Semet can be healthy in that game so he can get some starting reps before Michigan State's big home game matchup against Washington, who we'll see play against Boise State tomorrow, but I said in the preseason I think they're going to make the college football playoff, and Boise State might be a good enough group of five team to test that theory of mine tomorrow. So we'll see. The player of the game for me was Noah Kim at quarterback, and before we get any further into this video, um, I encourage you to subscribe to this channel, like this video so we can get it into the algorithm and get more Spartan fans, more Michigan State college football fans, a part of this awesome community, and also more college football fans in general. Even if you're a Michigan fan, Ohio State fan, Big Ten fan, or a fan from the SEC or ACC, please subscribe. I cover multiple games per week. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to be doing a quick picks segment, which will be anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes long. That will be me covering 10 games in 20 to 30 minutes and giving my score prediction and some brief thoughts on each of those 10 games, which I will select. It includes a group of five matchup as well. So for those subscribers who wanted to see me talk more about the group of five, I have heard your calls. And I'm answering them now in the regular season and in the 2024 preseason. 
I will answer them there as well. So also comment your thoughts on this game down below. A comment that I have about this game is Noah Kim looked much better than Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne, need I remind you, struggled mightily against Western Michigan and Akron last year. And seeing how UMass is much better than they were last year, there is a chance, don't make fun of me, there is a chance that he struggles against UMass with Auburn tomorrow. There is that chance. Against Western Michigan last year, Thorne was 12 of 24 for 233 yards, four touchdowns and a pick, but he only completed 50% of his passes, and a lot of those throws were plays that Keon Coleman, Jaden Reed, or even Jeremy Bernard made on their own. Noah Kim actually made dimes and really made the plays. And the passing yards were earned more so by him and him executing the play call properly than, let's say, a screen pass or a slant, which resulted in a broken tackle and the wide receiver broke that tackle, took all the credit there and, you know, took that all the way to the house. Watching the Western Michigan game where Peyton Thorne played, also the Akron game last year where Michigan State won 52 zip and Thorne threw two picks, no touchdowns, and had barely over a 100 passer rating against one of the worst teams in college football. And then watching Noah Kim play here, Noah Kim looked terrible in the first half before that final touchdown drive to conclude the first half in which Michigan State took a 10-7 lead entering halftime. That drive, by the way, under one minute, seven plays, 84 yards, 57 seconds. That was an impressive, quick, efficient drive with big, accurate pass plays and Nathan Carter punching it in with a two-yard run. Noah Kim commanded that offense. I think he did a good job. 18 of 31 for 279 yards and two touchdowns no interceptions, that's a that's a good performance. You can't criticize that, in my mind. You can criticize his first half play, but the overall performance, he averaged nine yards per pass attempt, two touchdowns, and he had a 155 passer rating, which if he can keep that number consistent throughout the year with him facing much tougher defenses, I doubt that will be the case, but he would be statistically one of Michigan State's better passing quarterbacks, maybe even the best in the past decade. Again, I don't think that's going to be the case, but I'm saying for being a new player and having a pretty bad first half, that second half, he had a phenomenal second half. Again, for the whole team, really a tale of two halves. Noah Kim, I think, is the player of the game. I think that Cal Halliday with the pick when Central Michigan was driving and he, he made that clutch interception, I think that he could have been nominated for player of the game, and you could have nominated Nathan Carter as well. He broke off some big runs and made something out of nothing at times. I don't think that he's a Kenneth Walker. Maybe he'll shock us and grow into that role, but I don't think he is. But he's certainly better than he's certainly better than Jalen Berger was last year or this year, better than Jarek Broussard or Jordan Simmons. He himself has made the running back room so much better. He's going to make the offensive line's job easier, and he's going to make Noah Kim's job easier. Last year, Peyton Thorne didn't have a run game, 
and his wide receiver core was constantly banged up and the tight ends were misused. So his job was made impossible at times. I think Noah Kim this year has a better system, has potentially better receivers if Michigan State can keep that receiver room healthy. There were underrated playmakers at receiver who we will talk about after we talk about Central Michigan. And this discussion will be brief, but on this channel we talk about the losers first because we save the best for last. Central Michigan does have athletes, and they fought hard today. They had 219 offensive yards, one touchdown. They took the lead at some point, and their defense stopped MSU cold on two fourth downs, and they were not fourth and five, fourth and ten, fourth and one, or fourth and two. I think both of them were fourth and one, maybe one was fourth and inches. And Central Michigan got immediate penetration on the interior, and they stopped Nathan Carter cold both times. They stopped Michigan State's best running back, who had a 31-yard gain and was constantly being shifty and getting through holes and breaking tackles. They, they stopped him cold on two fourth downs, and they were doing adequately enough in getting pressure on Noah Kim early in the first half to cause some inaccurate throws. MSU, often at times, the Spartans were out of character, out of touch, more importantly, out of rhythm. And that's why they only scored three points for literally 29 minutes of the first half. And then in that final minute, with 48 seconds left, Michigan State finally scores a touchdown, and that was their first good drive of the day, was under the two-minute mark after Central Michigan got that 12-yard pass from Burt Emanuel to Chris Parker. Burt Emanuel, by the way, 17 carries, 41 rushing yards, and when Michigan State had 10 tackles for loss and three sacks, most of whom were on Burt Emanuel Jr., as he had 17 of Central Michigan's 41 rushing attempts, you realize that he tried to carry this team. He had 34 total plays, and he just couldn't get it done. And that's because he had the inferior supporting cast. He had some athletes, like Miles Bailey, for example, nearly having four yards per carry at running back, B.J. Harris at receiver, um, Mitchell Collier and Chris Parker. Central Michigan does have some nice players, and Jim McElwain, while I think he is a below-average-to-average coach, maybe even a bad head coach, I do think he has a better squad this year than last year, but only time will tell, and it's certainly not an impressive team. I think Toledo is the far better Mac school. Michigan State limited Central Michigan's offense. They only scored one rushing touchdown again. Bert Emanuel, to briefly touch on him before we move on, is a tank. I would love to have him at Michigan. I I think Michigan State fans would love to have him as, you know, a part of the running back rotation at Michigan. I'd love to have him because he's young. He, I think, is a sophomore, maybe a freshman. Um, I Yeah, freshman, according to ESPN, 6'3", 220 pounds. He's fast, and he's more of a running back than a quarterback. Definitely needs to work on his accuracy. But with proper development, I mean, he would be a Lamar Jackson-type player if he had proper development. And I don't think that's an over-exaggeration. He had 496 rushing yards last year, averaging 7.4 yards per carry. 
and had seven rushing touchdowns. He's big, fast, physical. Michigan State is not going to face a quarterback with that kind of rushing threat for the rest of the year. Not Drew Aller. He's too slow, even though he has the same physical prowess. And J.J. McCarthy, well, I think he'd be nearly as fast or just as fast. He doesn't have that same power ability that Burt Emanuel has. And for Ethan Kaliak-Manis, it's a similar story with Aller, just not fast enough yet or not as athletic, period, amen, since Kaliak-Manis wasn't as highly rated as a prospect compared to Aller or even McCarthy. But Central Michigan as athletes, they were outmatched, especially in the trenches and at the end of the day, Michigan State's superior recruiting depth and superior coaching as well. I think Mel Tucker is the better coach than Jim McElwain led the Spartans to victory. A 31-7 victory with 416 offensive yards and four touchdowns. And definitely points left on the field with those two missed fourth down conversions with some miscues in Central Michigan territory at the end of the game and also earlier in the game. Michigan State had no problem getting to the 50-yard line or getting into Central Michigan territory. But in the first half, fourth down calls, which it, it was an aggressive concept to go for it on fourth down, but then Jay Johnson came out with the most conservative and bland calls to execute on fourth down. Central Michigan ran their defense perfectly, responded perfectly, and they executed well in those positions. That was Central Michigan's best part of their game plan was their execution at the point of attack on short down situations or short yardage situations rather i thought that the defense was extremely impressive three sacks 10 tackles for loss and several passes defended as well and two near interceptions by the secondary charles brantley had one that was dropped and then another player who I can't name, there was nearly another interception by Michigan State. I think it was Jaron Mangum, and Dylan Tatum nearly broke up a pass as well, had a really nice tackle, was in great coverage on his receiver the whole time. And 78 total tackles, 30 solo, 5 passes defended, 10 tackles for loss, 3 sacks, 1 interception by Cal Halliday where he returned 2 yards, Something I want to touch on is Michigan State special teams. This special teams unit is much better than last year. No missed extra points. Jonathan Kim was 3 of 3 there, and Rusnak was 1 of 1. And he was 1 of 1 on field goals with a long of 47. And that was an accurate field goal that had a lot more power to it. Michigan State averaged 9.2 yards per punt return, and they had one kick return for 26 yards by Tyrell Henry. Tyrell Henry, by the way, 26 kick return yards, 55 punt return yards, and also 25 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. He's a sophomore, six foot 175 from Roseville, Michigan. And Michigan State at wide receiver Tyrell Henry being one of them definitely has some younger playmakers at that position. Jaron Glover, Christian Fitzpatrick, Trey Mosley had three receptions for 39 yards. Berger, a running back, actually led the team in receiving yards. Michigan State was pretty hit and miss in the passing game. They definitely hit perfectly, often in stride in the second half and on that final sub-one-minute drive in the second quarter. But 
Michigan State still needs to find an identity at wide receiver. Malik Carr, one reception, eight yards, one touchdown. He had two or three drops. He did not have a great game. He looks like he gained weight, probably for blocking purposes, but it has certainly affected his receiving ability. He looks slower. He isn't as nimble, but I think he's still going to be a good tight end. Again, only time will tell, and obviously those drops are not characteristic of him. Christian Fitzpatrick, meanwhile, having two receptions for 70 yards, 6 foot 4, 220 pounds, only had 17 receptions last year. Big bodied. It's good to see that he got utilized. And Jaron Glover, um, Trey Mosley, Tyrell Henry, them getting involved, and Monterey Foster Jr. even getting one reception. So Michigan State is getting players in positions at wide receiver to make big catches and to have an impact on the game. It was good to see Michigan State pass and not force the run. In fact, there were times where I was thinking, why aren't you running Nathan Carter more? And I think that Jay Johnson is adapting to the roster that is that has been placed before him through years of recruiting, both by Mel Tucker himself, Scotty Hazelton, Chris Kapilovich, the offensive line coach, and also there are still some Mark D'Antonio recruits too. 416 offensive yards, the majority of them were passing yards. Michigan State had 279 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, They totaled 127 rushing yards for 4.1 yards per carry. The ground game, the run blocking with the offensive line wasn't as good as I predicted or anticipated. So that's an area to watch is similar to last year where Jalen Berger and Jarek Broussard tore up Western Michigan and Akron on the ground. Is this an illusion of a successful running back room and a successful run game? Or is Michigan State going to be a consistently better team at running the football? And with the passing game, with the offense in general, will they be starting late and clicking late in every game? Because that will work, and you will win against Central Michigan, against Richmond, I think against Indiana, probably Rutgers, maybe even Maryland, because I think Maryland's going to take a step back this year, and I have some concerns about their defense and trench play and also Talia Tagovailoa's decision-making. But against Minnesota, Iowa, probably even Nebraska with how tenacious their defense looked, and Jeff Sims, actually. I didn't mention him when talking about Burt Emanuel. Jeff Sims, how dare I forgot him. He will be an athletic threat in the same way that Burt Emanuel will, at least when it comes to running the football. Now, McCarthy and Aller, um, Penix, McCord... I think even Cade McNamara will present better threats than Burt Emanuel or Jeff Sims because they can pass the football at a good to great level in the case of McCord, McCarthy, and potentially Aller if he lives up to all the hype that's being built around him. Elite potential at passing. Burt Emanuel and Jeff Sims are projects at best at passing the football, but they can and will exploit your defense with whether it's quarterback draws, design quarterback powers, or improvised scrambles. That's one thing that Jeff Sims is really good at. And against the majority of teams that Michigan State plays, like I'd say seven, Michigan State will not be able to win those games if their offense starts out this way every game. So there are definitely things to watch for Michigan State. 
They were by far the better team. I think that they dominated this game and played a better game than the score would advertise because how they came alive in the final 31 minutes of the football game. Something I want to touch on before finishing is even though Michigan State's offense at the end looked more creative, more dynamic, better than the Western Michigan and Akron games last year, Jay Johnson was awful. He was awful, period, amen. It was watching his calls on fourth down was disgusting and honestly awe-inspiring. I did not expect Central Michigan to have any kind of player up front defensively to stop Michigan State, and they did twice. So Jay Johnson has to figure out how to get on those fourth downs. Like, don't just run in the shotgun, by the way, without your starting center, in shotgun, running back more than five yards behind the line of scrimmage. It's ridiculous. It was just like the Michigan game last year. And as a Michigan fan, I loved it because obviously I'm a Michigan fan. I don't want Michigan State to be successful against my team. But from an objective point of view and also watching Michigan State tonight, it was frustrating. Like, you could have ran a read option, and Noah Kim with his speed could have easily taken it for a yard. Central Michigan was expecting you to run up the middle. They would not have expected Noah Kim pulling it out and taking it around the offensive line and defensive line for at minimum a yard. That's all he needed to pick up. So Jay Johnson and the offense need to get more creative. I think they're too bland, but there is that possibility and people hate it when the excuse of, well, they're preparing for a better team is used. Washington's coming in in week three. And I think this staff is fully aware of how impactful a win against Washington would be. If this team beats Washington, they could go undefeated into the Michigan game. That's how good I think Washington will be this year. Washington is no joke. They'll be tough to beat, even at home. It's going to be a 5 p.m. kickoff. So the the stadium was already full and loud at times tonight. It's going to be fuller, louder, more energetic in week three. I think that Michigan State may be running a watered-down skeletal playbook here. They'll definitely be doing that against Richmond in Week 2. Don't kid yourselves, Michigan will beat Richmond by 50 points. They hung, they hung 31 points in basically a half of football, practically, against Central Michigan today. If they are in rhythm and the first half break and the first half collapse and first half death was all just kickoff jitters and just Noah Kim and Nathan Carter getting their feet wet in their first preseason, not preseason, but regular season game, then Michigan State will hang upwards of 40 to 50 points against an an inferior team to Central Michigan this coming Saturday. So Nathan Carter is Michigan State's best running back. I do not want to see Jalen Berger start under any circumstances. The wide receiver room, I think, is better than I thought, but the tight end room was not utilized at all outside of Malik Carr, which was a little bit of a surprise to me because I thought that Jalen Franklin was going to get some touches or targets. He didn't, and Malik Carr wasn't impressive, so the tight end room, I think, is worse, but it's balanced out by a better wide receiver room. Noah Kim, his second-half performance made up for his first-half performance, and the defense... I think, given how the offense was dead for the first 20, 25, 30 minutes of the game, 
The defense, in retrospect, three sacks, 10 tackles for loss, nearly three interceptions, but one interception that was caught by Cal Halliday, who's proven time and time again to be clutch, even if he does have some weaknesses, which ironically are in pass coverage, and yet his clutchest moments are with interceptions. The defense in Scotty Hazleton impressed me more and did better than I thought they were going to do. That's all I have to say about this game, but before we end it here, thank you to Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American patron, and also my All-Conference patrons, Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, and Roaming Gnome. We update the patron list after every week of college football has been completed, so early next week, any additional patrons who have joined, if you don't see your name here, you will see it at the beginning of next week. I'm so excited for tomorrow. And also Sunday, where Saturday, tomorrow, that's where all the, the the highest quality and quantity, I meant to say, quantity of matchups will be played. I'm sorry about that, but it is 11 p.m. or around there. And then Sunday is the highest quality matchup between LSU and Michigan State. So thank you guys so much for watching this video. And if you haven't checked out my Patreon channel, please do via the link in the description. And... Please subscribe, comment your thoughts on this game down below, like this video, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I post more Michigan State content. I expect to be covering Michigan State a lot this year, not just because I think they're going to be a good team, potentially a top 25 team in college football. I had them ranked 24th in the preseason. We'll see where they fall after all of week one completes but also because their schedule is hard, which means the Spartans will be in a lot of critical and exciting matchups. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and let's have a great Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of college football. Bye-bye.